Hey everyone, Misaligned is back. We're doing another in-between episode. We will have one more after this to cover our albums of the year list. And today we are again sponsored by 6131 Records. And right now we are going to play you part of a song off of Kindling's new album, Hush. hope you all enjoyed that song. I know I definitely enjoy this album and Megan will tell you all a bit more about 6131 Records later in the episode, but today we are discussing holiday music and this is something that Megan listens to far more than I do. We have been discussing this for the last couple of days here over text and prior to hitting record here and it is very abundantly clear to me that I do not listen to nearly as much Christmas music as you do, Megan. Well, as soon as uh, it's after Thanksgiving, it is totally the time to break out every single Christmas playlist on the face of the earth. And if you're not listening to Carly Rae Jepsen's Last Christmas, what's wrong with you? Like, go listen to that right now. Go support Carly Rae Jepsen. I will admit that Last Christmas is a Christmas song that I do frequently listen to because for me, not being religious, I'm not really too into a good majority of Christmas songs because obviously it is a holiday based off of religion and everything like that. But for me, I definitely like the more modern Christmas songs like, you know, your Last Christmases and some of the pop punk stuff that we'll get into a little later. But I get the feeling this year it might be a little different because at the moment in my car, I am not able to use my ox jack still. I have not gotten that fixed yet. I went to get it fixed at the dealer and they had the wrong radio come in. So I still am not able to plug my phone in in my car and listen to what I want. So with me having to listen to the radio more, I get the feeling now that it is after Thanksgiving, I will be hearing a lot more Christmas music pretty much whenever I get in my car. I think if you're in an area that has a strong iHeart media presence, um, some of the stations are definitely either playing Christmas music intermittently or they've completely switched over to full format Christmas music like 97.1 Wash FM here in the D.C. Virginia area. That's all Christmas all the time. It's kind of great, except for, you know, when you hear the last Christmas song, like I just mentioned, and you get excited thinking that it's actually going to be the Carly Rae Jepsen one, and it's Taylor Swift, which we all know my feelings on Taylor Swift. So no hard feelings there. (laughs) Yeah. And for me, I more so watch the specials that are on TV. So I was texting you last night when I was watching the CMA Christmas special, and I know you know, country isn't your thing. But I feel like when it comes to Christmas music, it's just Christmas music at that point. You know, sometimes it doesn't necessarily matter who sings it because a lot of the country artists do have those, you know, pop sounds to their music. So it's very hard to distinguish, you know, if Kelsey Ballerini is singing a Christmas song versus some, you know, pop artist who has a similarly higher pitched voice like she does. And they did play a lot of 
the more religious leaning songs. So I got a little bored at times and I was like, okay, I don't even know some of these songs at some points too. So do you watch the specials that are on TV, like the lighting of the Rockefeller tree while where they have people perform? And then I think there was some pentatonic special recently too, that is sitting in our DVR. I actually don't watch the specials just because I'm so out of touch at times with who's actually really popular now. So it's just something that kind of goes on the, uh, I glance at it and I'm like, okay, and then go back to my iTunes playlist. (laughs) But the Pentatonics Christmas special, from what I heard, was really good. And the Rockefeller lighting ceremony, I believe that happened last night because my Facebook feed was inundated from or with photos from friends of mine that had gone. And a fun fact about this year's Rockefeller Christmas tree It comes from State College, Pennsylvania. When they posted a teaser of where the tree was coming from, you could see a little bit of Beaver Stadium in it. So that's pretty cool. And as someone who lives in the D.C. area and has seen the D.C. tree up close, I think the State College tree sitting in Rockefeller is eons better than the National Christmas tree, which was lit actually not too long ago. Like, I'd say within the past hour and a half. It's cool to see in person, but it's smaller than you'd think, and it's not as intricately decorated or lit. They throw, like, a giant net over top of the tree, so it looks weird. So, I don't know. I like the smaller trees that they have around the national tree instead, where it's the states. The states have their own cute little tree, and the decorations either come from artists within the state or from school children or heavily represent the ideals of the state. So if you are in the D.C. area and want to go, it's actually fun to kind of browse through and then see people with their selfie sticks try to, like, take pictures with the smallest tree possible. (laughs) Yeah, see, here we just get the lots in the nearby shopping centers full of Christmas trees, you know, because we are in a very suburban populated area. It's not like we have like, you know, just Christmas trees growing around us, really. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm used to, well, when I lived in Pennsylvania, my family would go and actually cut down a Christmas tree from a Christmas tree farm. Here, I'm sure we could have gone to a Christmas tree farm, but a lot of the ones are at least like an hour or so away from my house, and no one wants to cart a tree for that long on a highway, let alone 95. Especially if you don't have a truck that you could just sort of toss it in the bed of, like, you know, my parents would, where we do go chop down a Christmas tree. We we have a tree now. Or we have a tree now. (laughs) We have a truck now where we could do that. Uh, Megan is over here driving trees. Yes, uh, it's a great tree. If you see me on the road, please don't swerve. It's okay if you hit the tree. Yes. But yes, yes. If I go back to Pennsylvania, just talking about it, a lot of where my love of random Christmas music comes from is from being rooted in chorus for years. I was in the chorus all throughout middle school and my freshman and sophomore years of high school. I quit the chorus my junior year because it got a little stressful at times, especially around Christmas. But I still have a solid place in my heart for a lot of the more traditional 
Christmas songs. And even though I went to a public school, we did sing a lot of the religious Christmas songs. I mean, we had an amazing version of Oh Holy Night. And in Silent Night, we had a version that I believe was also sung in Latin and Spanish. I could be wrong and misremembering things, but definitely something was sung in Spanish. And oh, the big one, which is actually going to get in with one of the artists I'm going to talk about shortly, is Handel's The Messiah. I sang the Messiah Hallelujah Chorus all throughout high school, basically. And once you've sung part of it or all of it, it's stuck in your head forever and there's no getting out of it, ever. Especially if you're a soprano and can hit those really high notes. I'm a little rusty, but you know, it's there in Monoghan. And I have a record of it, which is really cool. The actual orchestral version, not my high school chorus's version. <laughs> yeah, speaking of records do you actually own any christmas albums on vinyl or anything like that because i know a lot of big artists will still do vinyl releases for christmas albums and i personally don't have any but since you are way more into the music it seems than i am i figured that would be a good question to ask you i actually have a lot on cd not actually on vinyl surprisingly i'm sure i have a lot of older ones that have come from either my mom doing record hauls or like records that came from my aunt's house in Chicago. But otherwise in my main collection, I don't think I actually have Christmas stuff. And if we're going to talk artists who have records on vinyl, Chris Farron, like a gift from God or whatever, I believe he just released that on vinyl or re-released it and it sold out. But What a gem of a Christmas album that is. Like, he's got 12 songs. It came out in 2014. And he sings with Koji, Jeff Rosenstock, Mae Whitman, Annika Pyle, Laura Stevenson, Sean Bonnet, and Lee Corey Oswald. Oh, and Allison Weiss, who is now known as A.W. Okay. I was not aware that change had been made. I think it was fairly recently. I do remember seeing it on social media, and I believe they are now going by they-them pronouns, too. Okay. It's something I'd have to look up, but definitely AW is a change, and I'm excited about that. Like, that's awesome. But, yes, um, Jenny Jenny Owen Youngs is on Like a Gift from God or whatever. Chris Farron's Disney's Frozen features Annika Pyle, and that is not actually Frozen. I'm sorry to disappoint all you Frozen-loving fans out there. Belize Navidad is the opener track with Annika Pyle as well, and that's fun. But the big one is I Wish It Was Christmas Every Day. I remember playing that, and my mom's like, oh, this isn't a bad song. I think I was just playing it on my phone when it came out. And of course... It's now 2017, so what better time to listen to Emo Revival Christmas 2014? (laughs) If we could play Christmas music on here, I'm sure we would be playing some of these tracks right now. So I have a few more questions for you, just because of the fact that you listen to the... It seems like you sit down and listen to Christmas music when, you know, after Thanksgiving has passed, at least. And for me, I am more of a passive 
listener of Christmas music. So when you are listening to music, do you ever just sit down and just listen to someone's Christmas album top to bottom? Is there like a preferred way you have for listening to Christmas music? It's really whatever. And it's interesting you should bring that up. So when I was in high school, I was part of my school's video crew. So we would do announcements every morning. They were televised. I'm an AV nerd, whatever. Um, I was the one that basically made the push for Christmas music to be played in December before the announcements actually started. I think that got limited to like one day a week because we didn't <laughs> want to drive everyone crazy. But of note, the InSync Christmas album, I had that on CD. I hear it just came out on vinyl too. Yeah. I saw the modern vinyl posting correctly, which is really exciting. But I left it at my high school and my video teacher did a purge of things that were left behind in the studio. I always kept forgetting to pick it up. He accidentally tossed it. Oops. But not to fear. I got another copy on CD and it was only $5 at Target and caused me to have my credit card breached in the Black Friday Target breach. But it was worth it. I just had to have that Christmas music. <laughs> I mean, NSYNC is a classic. You can't go wrong. I was actually listening to that last night while preparing for this podcast this afternoon. Nice. <laughs> so that's like one of the few that I will sit and listen to top to bottom. Yeah. One of my recommendations is one that I've been cherry picking. And it's weird. Like, I have so many Christmas songs. I'm looking at my iTunes right now where there are 19 hours and 25 minutes of pure, wonderful Christmas music at 354 songs. <laughs> See, I simply searched Christmas in my Apple Music collection or my library in Apple Music and a whole three songs came up. So <laughs> if anyone wants to know the stark difference between Megan's collection and my collection, there you have it. I mean, I didn't look for anything else. I just sort of searched Christmas as a keyword because, you know, that's typically going to come up in Christmas music or Christmas album titles a good amount of the time. But that sort of leads me into the next question I had for you. When you listen to Christmas music. Do you prefer it when you just hear covers by artists you really enjoy? Or do you also like it when artists write original Christmas songs? Oh, my gosh. I love both. Okay. Like, if we go back, you can never go wrong with the classics. Like, you could never go wrong with Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, which my mom loves to remind me was very popular right after my brother was born. <laughs> so I'm sure there's a lot of babies that either were conceived in 94 or like maybe the tail end or the tail beginning of 95 to that song. So I'm sorry to all of you 23-year-olds out there right now who may or may not have been conceived or to that song. But the Charlie Bliss version, which was released this week on NPR Music, is actually pretty good, too. If you want, like, a more upbeat, poppy, not as shrill version. 
But then we go to original Christmas songs, like Lady Gaga's Christmas Tree, which admittedly is more on the raunchy side of things and is just a fun song to dance around to. But then we have artists who cover the Happy Christmas War is Over, where I find the acceptance version to be far superior to the John Lennon version. I'm sorry, John Lennon. I'm sorry, everyone who's a fan of that song, but acceptance, I like theirs better. Now, if I go into modern day stuff, Into It, Over It has a Christmas song from No Sleep Till Christmas, the first one, I believe, Okay, called Jingle Bell Broke, (laughs) which that's actually a pretty good one. Yeah. Like accurate description of millennials everywhere unless you're like tiffany trump in which case you are not a jingle bell broke millennial you might have just convinced me to give this compilation a listen now (laughs) yeah actually i think it's a free one i don't know if it was still being put out like i have i think no sleep versions one through three if i'm going through my itunes properly but it also features hello goodbye doing happy christmas war is over it features Oh, man, I put this all in alphabetically. Whoops. That's fun. But it features a lot of the No Sleep artists or artists who have toured with No Sleep. Like, ah, yes, here we go. Balance and Composure has on No Sleep Till Christmas 3, Away in a Manger. But on the original No Sleep Till Christmas, they released a Christmas version of Weak Man, Weak Boy. So some of these are artists I've never heard of, like Annalids. On No Sleep Till Christmas 3, they have Christmas Don't Be Late. But on No Sleep Till the Holidays, I guess that was what it was changed to. I have a bunch of No Sleep compilations. But AW has Sounds Like Snow and December. It's it's a nice little compilation. And if we're going to go with both original and non-original, I will have to say that Taking Back Sunday's 12 Days of Christmas has a solid, solid place in my heart. (laughs) They have, you know, they try to keep it as traditional as possible. And I will be sure to link that video in our show notes because it is something to really marvel at. It's weird and animated. It's awesome. But they kind of mix it up. And instead of a partridge in a pear tree, they started talking about Danny Bonaducci. Because that connection, you know, with the partridge family, Danny Bonaducci, it's, it's bizarre and I love it. Yeah, well, I know you have your Christmas playlist as well, and we are certainly going to talk about that. But before we dive into that, do you want to tell everyone a little bit more about 6131? Yes. 6131 Records is a very cool record label, and we are so happy that they are sponsoring our podcast. We are recording on a Thursday, so I would like to take the time to make a little Throwback Thursday ad thing in here. (laughs) So this week, Julian Baker has a solid place in my heart, has a solid place in your heart. I want you guys to know that the 6131 web store has the indie version of her new record, Turn Out the Lights, on a clear variant. They also have the sixth pressing of Sprained Ankle. There are two versions available of that. A purple variant, which is limited to 1,000 copies, and it is on 180 gram. There's also 2,000 copies of the black variant, which I also believe is the 180 gram. I'm trying to remember which pressing I have of sprained ankle. It might have been right before the 180 gram, but it sounds 
fantastic. Also with 6131 is Kindling. And today, on the 30th of November, their tracklisted went live on Modern Vinyl. They also released their new album, Hush, earlier this month. It's the recording project of Stephen Pierce and Gretchen Williams. It started in 2014, and their latest album was recorded by Justin Pizzoferrato, who has worked with artists like The Pixies, Speedy Ortiz, The Hold Steady, and Dinosaur Jr. Kindling is out now. It's awesome. Go listen to it. Additionally, we've got Sammy Lanzetta to plug again. Her most recent release is for Avery. It's on cassette or CD, and she is still out on tour with Diet Sig up until the 3rd. So by the time this episode airs, she'll be off tour, but keep an eye out because she's doing some really awesome things right now. So you can grab all of those releases and dig into their back catalog, which also features... Culture Abuse's Peach, Suburban Living's Almost Paradise, Touche Amores to the Beat of a Dead Horse, and so many other awesome albums at 6131records.com. Yes, definitely a wonderful record label, and they have a good variety of things too. So even if, you know, one band might not quite be your thing, there's surely going to be something else on the label that you will enjoy. So, you know, just dive on in, check out a bunch of stuff from them. Additionally, they have some really nice t-shirts. I have a 6131 record shirt that is a light blue, and it is one of the softest shirts I've ever owned. So if you like soft t-shirts, go get one of their logo tees. Absolutely. Now, Megan, I want to pick your brain about your Christmas playlist. So when, if you recall, when did you start putting all of these Christmas songs into a single playlist? Oh my gosh, it has to be in high school. Okay. That's what I'm assuming is everything that I've had, or at least continue to compile over the years, has been passed on from either my family's desktop computer, put onto an external hard drive, and it's currently sitting on Franken-Mac, which... Weirdly enough, when it was wiped a few years ago, one of the first things I wanted to put back on it was all my Christmas music. So that's clearly I love it. I'm trying to make my boyfriend into a Christmas music lover because he's currently a hater. Right now, the only song he actually enjoys that's not the traditional Mariah song, because he says it's not Christmas without that song, is uh, not on my Christmas playlist because it was actually released on Spotify. DMX recorded his own version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. (laughs) You might remember the viral video that went out, I think, last year or two years ago where he's just jamming to that song. Well, it's now on Spotify in a studio version, and it is so good. But he likes it. And... A lot of the Christmas songs I have. So I mentioned that I don't really have them on records and a lot have come from CDs. But back in the days in high school for both of us, when Mediafire was still around, um, that's where pretty much the vast majority of my Christmas songs come from. Uh, because I would just put in the album name and then Mediafire or whatever. It wasn't LimeWire or anything like that. And I would download them and have them. Because I know for a fact I don't have a Santa Claus 1 and 2, a punk rock Christmas on CD. 
one day I'll get them. I believe the No Sleep compilations were all digital. Some have been imported directly from CDs, like I have a very She and Him Christmas. I actually believe that Alan, one of the modern vinyl writers, sent it my way the first year I wrote for them as part of our Secret Santa, which it's such a good album. And The Holidays Rule, the first version in that series, I definitely have on CD. Um, Forget December by Something Corporate was more of a B-side, but it ended up on a Santa cause. It's also a weird Christmas song that I'll listen to year round. <laughs> that and the lights and buzz by Jack's mannequin. Okay, they're not so Christmassy that it's like, oh my gosh, I can't listen to this before Thanksgiving. If they come up, I'll listen to them because they're solid songs, even though they are a little Christmassy. And then the Spice Girls on their goodbye CD, they have their version of the waitress's Christmas wrapping, which is always fun. Like that is that's a classic. If you haven't heard it, I would suggest listening to the Waitress's version first. But then there are other artists like Sufjan Stevens who have Christmas albums out that I do want to get on vinyl one day. Okay. He has Silver and Gold and Songs for Christmas. And he is like the king of modern day Christmas music in a way. He has Christmas Unicorn, which is this bizarre like 15 minute song. <laughs> great but then he also does a lot of the traditionals so his two albums are silver and gold which features 58 songs and that is actually where christmas unicorn comes from and there's also songs for christmas which is 42 songs which features star of wonder a song called put the lights on the tree it also features come thou fount of every blessing which is actually a hymn and it's interesting that it's on a Christmas playlist or on his Christmas CD, but it is one of the best versions I've ever heard of that. But yeah, looking at mine, it's definitely a lot of... There's still actually classics on here. Like, I have some Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Okay. If you like the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, I highly recommend giving August Burns Red's On Sledden Hill a listen. Listeners, if you're out there saying, but Megan... Why are you suggesting a metalcore band's Christmas album to us if we like Trans-Siberian Orchestra? Well, it's not them screaming Christmas songs, which I'm sure would be very entertaining. They actually do an amazing job with instrumentals. And I don't know anyone who actually hates it. It's I've recommended it to my parents' friends. I've I actually need to get that on vinyl, too. But... <laughs> Go figure. But then I also have songs on here that I ripped from YouTube, like the Noel song from Animaniacs. Okay. Yeah. I, I would say that definitely falls in the unique category as far as Christmas songs go, because it's on a show and not, you know, just one of your typical artists and everything like that. So when you are adding stuff to your playlist, do you add full albums at a time if an artist has a full Christmas album or do you pick and choose songs based on, you know, what you enjoy more or do you just sort of add anything and everything Christmas that you enjoy? You know what, based on what my thing is looking like right now, it's been me adding albums upon albums. Okay. Bright Eyes in particular has a fantastic Christmas album 
literally called a Christmas album, where Connor tackles a lot of the classics like Way in a Manger, O Little Town of Bethlehem, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, Little Drummer Boy, which I'm going to touch on that song and the various iterations in a minute here, um, like Chris Farron, the Holidays Rule compilation. It's definitely more CD heavy. There are some instances where I just pick and choose, like Manchester Orchestra released a 10 days of Christmas, wait, not 10, 12, <laughs> a 12 days of Christmas record a while ago. And I think this was right after To Mean Everything came out. Okay. But on that one, I think it was acoustic versions of some of those songs, as well as their version of Oh Holy Night, which I have thrown into this playlist. Back in the day when Amazon Music and iTunes used to do like the free samplers, I would throw those in as well. So I have an iTunes holiday sampler that features Mannheim Steamroller and Charlotte Church and the 12 Days of Christmas done by the Mexicani Marimba Band. That's fun. And Amazon Music had a lot of like random samplers, like the Paste holiday sampler. Okay. It's it's definitely a mishmash of songs. And... I can't complain. Like, ah, yes, here we go. The one CD that I am thinking of that I haven't talked about yet that's definitely on here is a CD from the OC. In the OC soundtracks, they released Have a Very Merry Christmaca. So they have Christmas songs done for the show, and they also feature Hanukkah songs on that record. Because, you know, Seth Cohen, big big fan of Christmaca, because why not have the both of best holidays, Christmas and Hanukkah? I need to go watch the Christmaca episodes of the OC again, because they're so good. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, Jimmy Eat World, you would actually like this. They have a song on the Christmaca album they did last Christmas. Okay, I, I think I have heard their version, because like I said, that's sort of one of the bigger songs for me. So I've heard mm -hmm. a lot of different versions. But when you have a song like last christmas or a bunch of the standards or even mariah's all i want for christmas is you which she actually wrote herself or co-wrote i should say there was someone else writing it with her but that's one of those songs that has sort of just become such a classic that a lot of people have covered it so when you have songs that are as popular as those at least for me it's very difficult for me to keep track of who has done covers of them because Unlike you, I don't have a Christmas music playlist at all. And I'm sure you have, you know, you probably have like five different last Christmas versions on your playlist, at least, if not more. Probably. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Probably. But there are artists who will release Christmas songs, but won't necessarily release a full album, too. So I'm sure you have a good variety of things because, you know, some artists will do like one or two Christmas songs and it's just oh, sort yeah, of like, like you said for the play. Yeah, like you said for the compilation too. Obviously that's a compilation with a ton of different artists. So, you know, each person is only going to have a single song or two on a compilation. Yeah. Like when we go with the what do you do when there's so many versions? I mean, I'm looking at, I probably have 5,000 versions of Silent Night <laughs> Oh Holy Night because those two are some of my favorites. Like, Dustin Kensrue did Silent Night. I believe Thrice has a few in here. But in particular, actually going back to albums, shout out to Christmas with Weezer. That's a very interesting one. But 
I have so many versions of like Carol of the Bells too. It it doesn't get overwhelming. It really doesn't. Because each artist puts their own spin on it. Right. And Little Drummer Boy in particular. There are so many versions of that. The standard gold record version of that song in my household is Bing Crosby and David Bowie. That one should also link in our show notes because that video together was one of Bing Crosby's last televised Christmas specials. I'm not sure. I just remember my mom grew up with it and she's like, anytime it's on the radio, you can't change it. Meanwhile, I'm partial to the almost version of Little Drummer Boy. It helps that Aaron Gillespie also was a drummer, but that's on their No Gift to Bring EP. And it also wouldn't be Christmas without the Destiny's Child version of Little Drummer Boy. When you have a brother who's a drummer, I guess you tend to like songs about drums. <laughs> well, for me anyway, I think that covers all of the questions I had about you and your Christmas music listening habits, basically. Is there anything else you want to mention about Christmas music or your playlist before we dive into recommendations? Yes. Reliant K. We all probably went through that period in high school or even middle school where we listened to the Christian alternative rock artists. So I also have a lot of Reliant K on my iTunes. Okay. <laughs> I mentioned Handel's Messiah the Hallelujah earlier. They have a Christmas album called Deck the Halls, Bruise Your Hand, which features such great songs like Auld Lang Syne, Deck the Halls, I Hate Christmas Parties, <laughs> Silent Night Away in a Manger. They also have Let It Snow, Baby, Let It Rain, Dear, with I Celebrate the Day. But on Deck the Halls, Bruise Your Hand, they have a version of the Hallelujah Chorus that is one minute and nine seconds. When you sing the full version in high school, the one minute and nine second version is so much more fun <laughs> and short yes and it's it's great and then the santa cause compilations those i forgot to talk about how it's a mix of the original and the covers you mentioned before we started recording fallout boys you'll shoot your eye out yeah that's on there i hope i didn't just start playing a song by accident on my itunes that would be a little embarrassing but they also have punchlines icicles and that's uh, MXPX, a punk rock Christmas spelled R-A-W-K. But the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones have this time of year MC Lars. Yeah, so Santa Claus also features the original stuff. MC Lars, the rapper, has Gary the Green-Nosed Reindeer. Give that a listen. But there's also the matches as December is for Cynics. I can't have a playlist for Christmas without that song. I don't know why. It's always been there. I made one for Modern Vinyl years ago, and I think that was the first one on there. Because December is for cynics and critics and everyone else. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just fun. Like, when you can go into the stuff that's not traditional, that puts some people to sleep, it can be a lot of fun. Like, the AKAs covered Christmas in Hollis, which I believe was originally done by Run DMC. Okay. So it... That one is maybe like a little more along the lines of Punk Goes X, because you've got a bunch of white dudes covering a rap song. <laughs> Sounds they, about right. They did a pretty good job with it. They did a pretty good job with it. But I don't know. It's just, it can be fun. Like Arcade Fire has a version of Jingle Bell Rock where they're completely trashed and forgetting half the words and slurring. And then we have the standards like Aretha Franklin singing Angels We Have Heard on High. And 
for you No Doubt fans, Oi to the World, which I don't think is actually a redo of Joy to the World. It's literally like, Oi, because yeah. all you uh, punks out there, <laughs> Oi. But it's something that you can, it's something you can get into. And now that a lot of artists are kind of doing more Christmas stuff, it's great. It doesn't have to be a total snooze fest. Like, my God, please give DMX's Rudolph a listen or watch the video. Or go listen to Charlie Bliss's version of All I Want for Christmas is You. You can put on a tacky Christmas sweater and deck your house with lights and have fun with it. You can, for lack of a better term, make your own Christmas emo night because there are a lot of artists that are featured in emo night playlists that have had really good Christmas songs. Actually, come to think of it, hey, emo night organizers, if you're listening, you should do a Christmas emo night because I'm sure that would be a lot of fun. Can't be sad on Christmas. Come on now. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people would go to that, too. I'm sure they would, too. But then you have songs like Baby It's Cold Outside, which is still up for debate, especially in today's culture, Right. which songs like that can be a little weird. But sometimes, you know, despite the weirdness, it's a decent song. Like Greta Salpeter from The Hush Sound and Thomas Dutton from Forgive Durden did a version, which is great. So... You're tired of listening to me ramble. Why don't you just go play some Christmas music, everyone? Like, really? We'll have to link to your but entire playlist so everyone can just go scope that out. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen because it's on iTunes, like my own iTunes. And oh, it's not okay. Actually. You don't have it on like Spotify or something? <laughs> no, actually, a lot of the songs aren't on Spotify. Okay. So that's an interesting thing. Like, a lot of, like, I don't think Law Dispute has their stuff on Spotify. If you well, link want to a, nice a handful of, of songs, at least, though. Yeah, like, I definitely have to put on some videos. We'll definitely have Chris Farron in here. We will, I will put the Holidays Rule compilations on there. I'll probably throw, I'll just make a Spotify playlist. That I'd link it with some <laughs> of the stuff we've talked about that definitely I know was on Spotify. But the videos, some of those you do have to watch, like Taking Back Sunday. You can't go wrong with that at all. And if I can find it on YouTube, I'll link to Law Disputes Twas the Night Before Christmas because it's actually them doing a retelling of the story. Okay. So like in my house, it's a tradition for my mom to read that to my brother and I, even though we are well into our 20s on Christmas <laughs> Eve. But it's nice. Like they have good jingle bells behind it. It's not a boring rendition. It's it's nice. Oh, I should also, if I can find gaga christmas tree song i'll just throw that on there because why not be a little raunchy during the holidays (laughs) okay well do you have any recommendations that are not christmas related or should i just go ahead and dive into mine well this one actually is but it ties (laughs) in i've mentioned the holidays rule compilations they just released one last month called holidays rule volume two It features a fun version of I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas by Lake Street Dive. Andrew McMahon has a song on there. The Decemberists covered Big Stars, Jesus Christ. The Roots, Jimmy Fallon, and Sir Paul McCartney have Wonderful Christmas Time as well on that. It's awesome, and you should listen to it. I think it's a little bit more fun than the original compilation, which features Sleigh Ride by Fun, features other awesome songs like the shins version of wonderful christmas time 
Calexico's Green Grows the Holly, and the Civil Wars's I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And I'm done talking about Christmas stuff. My next recommendation is actually a straight-up modern vinyl plug. The modern vinyl site itself now has its own Amazon store. So if you're looking for some last-minute Christmas ideas, please go scope out the MV Amazon store. Why? We don't just feature records that, you know, we all love, but we have featured really good record players. We've featured some books on there. I know for a fact that there's some 33 and a thirds. The new book by NPR Music's Ann Powers, Good Booty, was my recommendation, and that's actually up there. A lot of it comes from recommendations from us, the staffers, to you guys, which is really cool. We also have Popstar, Never Stop Stopping, as a recommendation on there, as well as some of Rob Sheffield's books, including Dreaming the Beatles and Love is a Mixtape, and some records like Motion City Soundtracks, Even If It Kills Me, Bad Books, their self-titled record, Sam's Town and Day and Age by The Killers, as well as the soundtracks to Stranger Things and Stranger Things 2, and Blade Runner 2049. Or if you want to drop $400, you can get the complete works of Weird Al Yankovic. (laughs) I think that's the one that also comes in an accordion box, but don't quote me on that. But the MV Amazon store, it's pretty cool. And I think it'll actually be updated a bit. Yeah, I still have to send some recommendations because I definitely missed out on that the first time Chris posted about it. It's what I get for not checking Facebook groups that often. It happens. Yeah. And sort of going off of that, I am actually planning on putting together a little gift guide over at Hi-Fi Noise just for a bunch of different things since I personally enjoy, you know, music, pop culture stuff, comics, and all sorts of different things. I am going to have a list there. It'll certainly be done by the time you guys hear this. So I don't know why I'm telling you I'm going to do it. It'll be done. And other than that, I have a totally non-holiday related recommendation. I just watched Fargo for the very first time today. So if you are like me and haven't seen that movie for whatever reason, definitely go do that. I mean, you can pretend it's a holiday movie because it is so snowy in Fargo. You can just, you know, tell yourself it's almost Christmas or something and, you know, make that count. But it is certainly not the kind of content you probably want for holiday viewing by any means. Have you watched the TV show Fargo? Yes, I love the TV show and I had never watched the movie. So I am actually going to be writing about it for a column I started over at Substream called What Took You So Long. So basically, I kind of make fun of myself for not having watched these, you know, like classic movies, basically. Oh my gosh, can I feature Spencer on there? Because he still (laughs) hasn't seen things like The Goonies. Yeah, I think the first one I did was Goodfellas, and then I did an Indiana Jones movie. So I certainly have a very long list to pick from because I have been way more of a TV watcher than a movie watcher these last most of the years of my life, I guess you could say, actually, not the last few. (laughs) But I'm trying to get better at watching movies. So I'm sort of going back and picking out stuff like the requirement, basically, that Lee and I have set for the column is like, you know, older movies. So I can't 
go and do Baby Driver, even though I haven't seen that yet because that just came out, you know, last year. So it's not like I'm super far behind on that. I do have it on my computer ready to go whenever I just go like sit down and watch it at my Apple TV. <laughs> that all sounds like a lot of fun. Yes. So I I highly enjoy making fun of myself for not having seen certain movies. So by the time you guys actually hear this, that column should be up on Fargo because I plan on writing that either after we're done here or tomorrow. So which is still after we're done here. But whatever, you guys know what I mean. And <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and stop while I'm ahead. <laughs> but like I said, we will have one more episode before we get started on the new season. We're still figuring out if we are going to start that at the very end of the year, or maybe just wait until the beginning of the year to get that new season going, since our next episode is going to be all about album of the year list. So it might be a week or two before we get that one in, just because I know there are still a few December releases that we might want to listen to before putting our list completely together for Megan. I don't know if that is something you are concerned about, but for me, I know Chris Stapleton's second album of the year comes out tomorrow, so I'm certainly going to want to listen to that before, you know, Oh, it's deciding. a good one. Yeah. It's a really good one. It was on NPR Music's first listen. I think it was last week. Yeah, it was either last week or early this week. Thanksgiving makes me all confused on when things happened. I don't know. It makes everybody <laughs> confused. Threw me off with the days of the week. All last week. <laughs> yeah, but there are a couple albums I'm still waiting on here. So, you know, we because we're reasonable people <laughs> who release our end of the year lists in December, like everybody should, because what is up with the releasing of your end of the year list in November when there's still a good <laughs> month left of music? Like, really, it's not like Beyonce is going to drop another surprise album on us. Yeah. I... And ruin everyone's list. Come on now. <laughs> People are thinking Justin Timberlake is going to do that, though, because he did announce that he has stuff done. But I, I feel like he's going to go for the traditional rollout. Maybe not a traditional rollout, but a rollout of some sort. But we'll see about that. I wouldn't he mind. He might do that <laughs> early next year yeah. as a lead up to the Super Bowl halftime show instead. Yeah. I I don't think we should be expecting that in the next few weeks or anything, but I know Chorus actually waits until like early January to post their list, which, you know, theoretically makes even more sense because then all of 2017 has finished before the list is being decided. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, well, that wraps it up for today. I hope you all enjoyed me questioning Megan about her Christmas music listening habits here. So And me rambling on being <laughs> super excited about Christmas music. Hey, it, you did it for the both of us, so that works for me. <laughs> but as always, thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.